This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. This morning, I was you know, privileged enough to be able to speak to you on this topic, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That right there is enough to preach on its own. That is, that is enough for me to say we can go out this door and we can be done. But God is with us, Emmanuel. So this is a sermon to hear for this time of year. It's easy to become bogged down with all the Christmas stuff going on. All the, all the stuff of Christmas that we often forget the birth of Jesus. We often forget the whole reason why there is Christmas. It's, it's easy to become bogged down. And it's, it's also easily to fall in a spiritually dark place. Um, the time change, trans, the time transition takes place and, you know, it starts getting dark at like 3.30 in the afternoon. And then you, it's also cold and then sometimes, some days it's hot and you, you tend to get it mixed up. But it's a spiritually dark and cold place. So the names um, that was given to Jesus in the book of Isaiah, um, we're, we're going over the one today, Emmanuel. But just some of the names that is given to him is God, God is, he uses multiple names to describe Jesus. God calls him Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. These names are rich with meaning, and meaning that can change your life if you let them. And that's what this first session is all about, is Emmanuel. It's, it's, it's the powerful truth of God being with us. God is with you wherever you go. So, let's see here. Y'all bear with me. I got a whole lot of paper. Let me go through here. Um, so, does everybody believe that God is really with us every day? I mean, could you? Could we also admit to say that it's easy to forget that? It's easy to forget it, brother. That's, I'm, I just it struggles sometimes, and it's like as we're here today throughout the sermon, I, I want to pose something to you. I want you to think about the times that God has been with you in a situation that He's been good to you. We often overlook things. I'm guilty. I'm preaching to myself. Like I, I'm beating myself up here this morning, and I we often forget to be thankful for what God's brought us through. I, I just think every morning, and I try to take time and thank the Lord for everything. And when I run out of things to thank the Lord for, I thank him for my fingers, and I thank him for my eyes, and I thank him for my eyelids, and I, I thank him for my feet, I thank him for my legs, I thank him for so much. So to lay out the scene for this scripture, let me see if we can find this right here. To lay out the scene for this scripture, this is Ahaz, I might be pronouncing this wrong, I know I'm Lumbee, so forgive me, Ahaz, the leader of God's people, and they're facing down with two armies. There's two armies on each side of them that's trying to come in, and one is from Syria, and one is from Ephraim, and in the midst of all this chaos, God promises Ahaz that neither army will overcome them, his people, but it seemed very unbelievable and evenly, overly optimistic promise. So if we were to put ourselves in Ahaz's shoes, and both these armies that are multiple times the size of ours, and they're trying to come down on our people, and they teamed up, 
What would you think? Would you think that God's crazy? Oh, man, you're crazy, man. It's, it's hard to have trust in him at that moment and to understand that he really is with you. So our scripture today will be coming from Isaiah chapter 4, verse 10 through 14. Isaiah chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. I, I don't think so, brother. I really don't. Um, so Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Um, this is the sign of Emmanuel. And it says, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of your Lord God. Let it be deep as soul or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Call his name Emmanuel. So we see that. God offered Ahaz the opportunity to ask for a sign. He said, hey, ask me for a sign. Let me show you. Let me show you what, what we could do here. And so I think that Ahaz was insane to absolutely refuse the Lord's sign because we know time and time again that Lord, the Lord's will will prevail. God's will will prevail. And so and the, God says, hey, let me just give you one anyways. But I think that Ahaz thought that God was tricking him into being tested. I think that Ahaz thought that God was tricking him, you know, into testing God. And that's something that we don't do as human beings. We don't test God. So it's, it's very common for us to feel like we may be inconveniencing God with our issues, if we look around at some of our brothers and sisters that may be dealing with something like more serious, especially I think about um, y'all. A lot of you guys know uh, Brother Roney works with me. He's an evangelist, and um, he's he's goes out you know different countries and he ministers to different peoples at different places like Brother Danny himself here. And you just you see the conditions in which these people live and where they're at, and then you think about how good that you have it and you don't want to seem like you're inconveniencing God just for, you know, simple, what may seem like minute things, but you're never, ever, ever bothering God because he's omnipresent. He's, he's everywhere. He hears everything that everybody's asking him for everything, every, and he wants to know every little detail. He wants you to talk to him. He really wants you to talk to him. And he, he thoroughly enjoys hearing me talk because I talk a lot. I know he does, <laughs> and I have faith. So you're never imp improper to ask God, and you're never bothering God. Um, wait, wait, miss more. So we see that God does not rescind his offer to Ahaz. Like I said, God's will will prevail. He didn't rescind his offer to Ahaz, so instead... He said, well, here, I'll give you one. He said, there's a sign. It'll be a child. So I'd like to think God has a sense of humor. Like this man's talking, we're talking about two armies. I was in the army eight years. I mean, you're talking big, strong men with swords and knives, you know, and, and shields. And you think, you think about this, they have, he says, hey, there'll be a child to come and save you. 
And I'm sure Ahaz was like, what in the world? God, I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand where you're going with this, a child. So he says, there'll be a child to come and save you. And he, Ahaz was asking for protection, and, and God gives him a baby. So we, we think about this. God gives him a baby. Well, it says that in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Ch- Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it gives us more description. It tells us that Emmanuel means God with us. So y'all are probably like, man, where's this guy getting to? I'm getting there, I promise. Y'all bear with me. I'll talk a lot. We'll get around to it eventually. If you know me, you know me. So God wasn't playing a cruel joke on Ahaz, as what we think. He was offering Ahaz and his people exactly what they needed in this moment. And what they needed was his presence. See, the child Emmanuel is a promise that God is with us. And what I've come by here to tell you about today is that his presence is the best gift to face the darkness that we're dealing with. His presence is the best gift. And so, see, we think, we think that God just sent a child, and that's how it is. He came, he came to earth as flesh and blood, and he bore the weight of our sins, and he overcame the grave and returned to victory. However, this child is very significant. I had to, I'm, I'm very childlike myself, so it's easy for me to come up with this or just to even think about it. But see, God sent a child in their circumstance because sometimes we need childlike faith. We, we struggle with that. We need childlike faith. I struggle with it myself because um, I, we need childlike faith because we don't need to understand how God is bringing us through it. We just need to understand that he's doing it. That's what faith is. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. So his presence is the best gift to our darkness. I say, y'all bear with me. I got a lot of paper. Well, that's good. I appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we see the promise that God gave to Ahaz in Isaiah 7. And like I said, it's also extended to us in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. And God has seen us in our distress and our darkness and sent us a miracle, a child named Emmanuel. He, he, did not, he did not come to defeat the armies of Syria and Ephraim, our true enemies, or he did not come to defeat the armies, but he came to defeat our true enemies, sin and death. And in Jesus, that promise is offered to us, the church. God has met us, met our true need by wiping away our sin and offering us his presence. I want to read a couple scriptures here to you that kind of stuck out to me. Um, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39 says that... For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor not death 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in Psalms 139, verses 7 through 10, it tells us that where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shoal, you are there. If I take to the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I think about oftentimes how some, some things I may do may seem like they'll separate me from Christ. And I know I'm not the only person guilty of that. Even as, um, as I became a licensed minister, and I've, I felt like I've been put on some type of a platform where I've been all, always monitored now by people that are around me. Even being a Christian is being like, well, you don't have to have any kind of license or credential. Just being a Christian, the same you share faith, says, hey, I'm on this. So there are people going to naturally hold you on that platform. So that's something that you got to deal with. So I've, I, I think about these scriptures, and I hold them close to my heart. And... I think about I could go as high as the heavens and I could go as low as Hades and it never separate me from God's love. And I'm going to tell you why I can go that I can get that low because God overcame the grave. He conquered the grave and took the keys. And I could go as high as heaven because that's his throne. That's where he's at. That's where he's at, family. And there's nowhere that we will go that he hasn't been through there for us and he won't leave us nor forsake us. So, nothing can separate us from God's love. God is always with us. And I, I just want to give you something to think about. If God wasn't with you, you would have never made it out to bed this morning. If, if you would have never made it to this church house this morning, you would have never made it through that bad relationship that you were dealing with. You would have never made it out of that addiction that you were dealing with. Or out of the dark, quiet place that you find yourself in often conveniently. So, you know, uh, I, I found myself in a dark, quiet place about two years ago. I'll share a little bit about my story with you. I found myself, myself in this dark, quiet place and um, inside my head, my thoughts. And we are all guilty of being there, and that's just something I had dealt with. Um, when I was studying and I was putting this, this sermon together, I thought about how when we get to heaven, there'll be no quiet moments. We'll be rejoicing to the Lord. We'll say hallelujah, praises be to God, your name on the highest. You know, it's just, it's so amazing to me to think that I won't have a time to sit still and to be inside of my head. So, and that's, that's just awesome for me just to even think about. That's a promise for me to hold on to. So two years ago, um, it was back in 2000, about January of 2018, I was get, just getting out of the military. I was just getting out of the Army, and um, I was going through some things that I, I probably, probably should have already dealt with. And so I found myself uh, struggling. I had, um, I had a, a little bit of separation anxiety, and I also had just some, some questions. I was questioning God. This is all it was. I was questioning God. I said, God, if you're real, then how can this be? And God, if you're real, then how can this be? And I, I started digging, and I started trying to figure out how the Bible was made and trying to come up with the seven Dead Sea Scrolls and all this good jazz. And me being the high school you know, <laughs> graduate that I am, it's not for me to figure out. 
it's not for me to figure out, but I found myself still trying to figure this out and a lot of other things in life. And shortly, a couple months later, I, I dealt with a lot of high blood pressure things and a lot of heart, you know, issues. And then I, I found myself in the hospital. I found myself in the emergency room one night. Um, I was I was coming home from work and Amber called me up and I said, man, I have a terrible headache. And she says, well, you need to check your blood pressure, baby. And I said, yeah, I probably do. I said, but I'll, I'll be fine. So I called my mom here and I said, mom, I was like, yeah, I have a terrible headache. And mom's being, mom's like, you need to check your blood pressure. So I, I'd stop by a fire department because me being 26 at the time, I didn't have a blood pressure cuff. What am I? <laughs> I, I didn't feel like I joined that club yet, you know, so <laughs> I, I didn't have one, so I, I simply stopped by the fire department, and this young guy comes out, and he puts his uh, the, little, the little machine on me, and he pushes the button, and it does its thing, and he scratches his head. And then he says, hold on one second. Hold on, I'll be right back. And he runs to the fire truck, and he comes back, and he gets out a handheld blood pressure cuff. He puts on my arm. He squeezes it, listens, he lets off the pressure. He said, hold on a second, something, I'm not doing something right, I apologize. I will be right back. So he runs into this office, and he, I see him talk to this guy, and they run out, and it's his lieutenant. He says, sir, how you feeling? I said, I'm feeling dandy. I was like, I'm feeling great, I have a headache, but I mean, I'm okay. So he checks my blood pressure, and he says, is your blood pressure normally about 160 over 110? And I was like, nah. No, it's not. He said, your heart rate's about 150, 152. That don't make no sense. Well, at this time, I was going through a change in insurance. And if you've dealt with insurance, you know you really don't want to ride to the hospital on an ambulance. <laughs> so <laughs> I did what I would do growing up the way I did. And I got in my truck and drove myself to the house before they could call an ambulance. So <laughs> I, um, Amber says, hey, what did uh what did they tell you, Justin? And I said, uh, they sound fine, baby. I lied to her. They sound fine. I'm I'm good. And she said, Justin, that that don't seem right. You just just don't don't seem right. What what really? What really? Because men, our wives know. We know that. Especially if you've been married a long time. They know. I mean, they read right through you. And I think the the Lord gives them like insight. He's like, here's your provision, <laughs> like for them to see you. <laughs> So Amber, Amber has dreams. She's like, I had a dream that something ain't right. And she wakes up and never mind. But anyways, so I told her, I said, baby, I said, my, my blood pressure is really high and my heart rate is really high. I said, but I'll be fine. I'll go home, take some Motrin and lay down. Well, she says, no, you're going to stop that truck on the side of the road, Justin Bell, and I'm going to come get you. So I stopped her on the side of the road and paid attention to my wife. She took me to the hospital and um, they took me into the, the, the ER and I stood behind this glass, and I it was, it was the flu flu was going on real bad this time. But I stood behind this glass. As I stood there, I didn't think I had anxiety or nothing like that, but I felt my heart start to race. I I started to feel like my vision starting to close in. I couldn't see nothing. I didn't feel like I had control of anything. I didn't have control of my body. I didn't have control of my functions. And um, I told the lady I got up. I skipped a couple people in line. I said, "Excuse me, ma'am." I said, "I think I'm having a heart attack." And she says, "No, no, 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 no." She's like, "You need to get sit down." So. I said, ma'am, I said, and my whole side of my body starts to become numb. And I said, ma'am, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she says, no, 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 no. So a nurse walks in and says, sir, let's, let's check you out. And they check my, my blood pressure again. And this time it says 185 over 115. And uh, my heart rate was, I think it was right at 160. And they said, you should really be having a stroke right now.
they say you should really be having a stroke right now. And I thought, I was like, God, please don't take me right now. I'm not ready. And I just, I felt this fear come over me. I couldn't have, I couldn't control it. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything to, to stop it. And they took me in the back and they put me on the EKG machine and they checked me out. And I, I cried out. I said, God, I was like, save me. Well, um, they, they put me on the EKG and it came back fine. And, you know, I, everything was dandy. They get me in the room. They run a bunch of tests on me and uh, I was fine. They sent me on about my business. That was the fastest trip I ever had to Cape Fear Valley, by the way. <laughs> just, a, just a disclaimer. But um, they told me I was fine. Well, a couple of days later, I found myself back in the same predicament. But I knew what it was. And I hit, I hit my bedroom. I got to my house, and I hit my bedroom floor. And I got in the closet. And I opened up my Bible. And I just cried. I cried. I said, God, if you want to take me out of this world, take me now. I said, Lord, kill me. I'm through with it. I said, I'm through with it. I don't want to have this anxiety anymore. I don't feel like dealing with it anymore. I said, but if you want me to be here, give me a word. Give me a sign. So I said, Father, give me a sign that you're with me. And so I opened up my Bible in the dark. And I was like, I'll just start reading it when I get out. So I opened it up, and it was in the book of Proverbs. I can't really recall exactly where. But it says, for I have not given you over to death, but I've given you new life. And ever since then, I've, I've never had anxiety. And I had doctor after doctor tell me, there's no way you should take your medicine. Your medicine makes sure your feelings go numb. And I'm sorry if y'all can barely hear me, but I'm just... I'm struggling a little bit this morning. But she said, uh, you should take your medicine. There's no way that you didn't get better without your medicine. I went back to the doctor later on that week for a follow-up, and my blood pressure was like, I don't know, six. It was 110 over 60 or 120 over 60. My heart rate was 62, 63. And the doctor said, there's no way. She said, there's no way. She's like, what, what are you doing? You got to be meditating. You got to be doing yoga. You got to be doing this. I said, I'm, I'm doing Jesus. I was like, that's, that's all I'm doing. I said, I'm, I'm going to church. And she said, there's no way. And ever since then, that's, that's all we talk about every time I go inside my doctor's office. And she says, are you still, still taking your daily dose of Jesus? And I say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I am. But I tell you these things about my anxiety story because I think about the analogy that my, my man put forth inside this video. And I thought about how we, um, the, valley, the valley of the shadow of death, how the Lord goes before us, and he'll, he walks with us through it. And I thought about the analogy he gave of the truck and the shadow, and it just, it weighs so heavy on me. And now having a baby, I think so much of, of James. I think so much of him. And I think about how I would take the hit for him, and I would protect him, and I would be with him and guide him as a fearful man of God. And I would die for him just as my Heavenly Father died for me. And I just think about the times that God had brought me through that bout, that spout inside my life of anxiety and what I dealt with. 
and I, I, st- I still find the devil trying to remind me of it and sneak up on me and try to get me. But it's things that I deal with that that just it, those things when they do try to sneak up, I think about God's goodness and His grace and His love that He had to be there with me, Emmanuel. So the definition is uh, we think about the word Emmanuel, God with us, and I, I'm not really good at breaking down Greek and Hebrew, all that stuff. Like I said, high school graduate, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought about the that term God with us, that phrase God with us. And I was like, that that just don't it don't sound right. Like it's, I know I talk crazy. I was like, but I was like, this don't. Was, there's something deeper here. So I started looking into it, and I look at the definition of with. And so when we say God with us, the definition of with is to be accompanied by a person or a thing. But I want to look a little bit further into this this uh, definition. It says possessing a feature or marked by. So God marked. He's, he's, he's marked us. And then I look at the next definition, and it says, indicating the instrument used to perform an action. Church, we're instruments used to perform an action. God with us is so much more than that. He's, he's called us to be the church, to be his disciples. And then I, I read on a little bit further in the definition, and it says, indicating the material used for some purpose. You're the material used for some purpose. It's you. It's all of us. We are the material used for that purpose. And that's that's just what God means when he says, Emmanuel, God with us. So trying to close this out here, running short on time. Um, I'm running pretty good. Uh, <laughs> When we say God with us, Emmanuel, we we understand that as God with us. But how often do you find yourself saying, I'm with God? How often do you find yourself saying that? How often how often do you tell people that you're a Christian? How often do you really share the gospel? Or um are you doing everything that you can do to be a, a good disciple? and to to win souls for Christ for the great commission are you really living a life honorably like i said i'm preaching to myself here just as much as i'm i'm speaking to you guys are you really living a life honorably that you don't necessarily even have to say anything to the people around you to understand that you are living a Christ like life like what are you doing your kids are always watching that was that's the biggest thing about baby dedications is so like, parents can know your kids are always watching. They're watching everything that you do. And um it's just it's amazing to me. Little James, he uh he looks for my facial reaction. So if I'm sad, he's sad. He sticks out his lip and he cries. So it's probably a good thing he don't see me right now. But uh <laughs> he sticks out his lip and cries. Excuse me. If uh I'm happy, my baby's happy. He's excited, he shares that with me. And that's just something that's very important for us to, to take note of. How often are we showing that we're with God? See, to be with somebody, if we think back to our teenage years, those of us that are a little bit older, like myself, and uh, we think, you know, teenagers now, to be with somebody is to be in a relationship with them. And that relationship, when you're in a relationship with somebody, I don't know how it works for some of you guys, I'm craziness out there, but uh, for me, it requires a two-party commitment. It, it requires an agreement. There's an agreement 
that is had whenever you are with someone. And with that agreement, I'm asking you, are you allowing God to be with you? And are you allowing yourself to be with God? See, Emmanuel means so much more to me than just God with us. Emmanuel means Savior with us. Emmanuel means healer with us. Emmanuel means deliverer with us. Emmanuel means redeemer with us. It means our heavenly father with us. It, it means love with us. It means grace with us. It means mercy with us. It means victory with us. It means whatever you mean, need it to mean to you in your situation. And it means that you need to know that God is there and he's ever present. You can't, you can't separate God's love from yourself. It's, it's impossible. So if you're not feeling love, I'm here to encourage you that God, he's always going to love you. He's always going to be there for you. There's nothing you can do. I felt like I've sinned so bad at times in my life. That was part of my anxiety problem. I felt like I had sinned so bad previously in my life that there was, I just honestly couldn't be back in a relationship with God. But God said, here I am. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. It, it was you. It was you that left me. And so God is, he's calling us back, church. He's calling us back to be in a relationship with him. He's calling us as a church back to be in a relationship with him. And I, I think about it every, every so often now with everything that's going on in this crazy world. Because if you were to focus your attention on Christ rather, rather than focusing your attention on the CNN, CNN or NBC or ABC or whatever it is, then we probably wouldn't be in the same place we're at. We would line up walking in our joy that God has called us to be, in our peace and in our comfort. And so God is calling us back into a relationship with him. So I want to leave off today and ask you guys a question. Will you allow God to not only be with you, but will you allow God to be in you? That's the that's a simple question I have for you today. Will you allow God to be in you? Um, see, that was that was what I had struggled with when I had dealt with my anxiety. Is I was not allowing God to be in me. I was trying to figure him out. I was trying to figure out what God was about. I was trying to figure out if heaven or hell was really real. I was trying to figure out if if it was worth it to to worship this God that I had, I had learned about all of my life growing up. And um, that's, that's where I found myself in a dark place, is the devil had control of my mind. And I had given him control of my mind. And there was a day that I just, I gave up, and I said, Lord, I said, this is, this is it. If it's you, you got to take control. And ever since then, that's, I was called to, to be a youth pastor. I, I always thought my calling was going to be in music. Really did. I thought my calling was going to be to sing or play an instrument or something. But it wasn't. It was, I was called to youth. And I was specifically called to the broken ones. I love brokenhearted people, like myself. I love brokenhearted people because I've been there. And I still find myself there at times. I love hanging out with brokenhearted people. I love hanging out with the people that nobody wants to hang out with. 
and that's that's something that I've I've found myself called to doing, and I never thought that that was gonna be God's will for my life. But before I got there, I had to understand that God was with me. He was with me there in that dark place. He was with me in the hospital. He was with me when I was in the military. He protected me. He guided me. He was with me when I was sinning. I was living a sinful nature. He was with me when I was addicted to things that I shouldn't have been addicted to. He was with me when I was looking at things I shouldn't have been looking at. He was he was with me when I was in the in the action of committing that sin, any sin, that is. And he's he's been with me. He's never he's never forsaken me. And that's something that I just want to tell you is that God's with you. How different would you act if you knew that God was with you each and every step that you take, each and every decision that you make? Would you still reach for that pack of cigarettes? Would you still reach for the alcohol bottle? Would you still go to that website you know you shouldn't be looking at? Would you still say the comments that you know you shouldn't say? That's that's just something for you guys to think about. Just Would you really act the way you act if you knew God was standing right next to you in the flesh in person? See, the disciples had that privilege. They had that privilege. <laughs> and I... Sometimes I see myself as a as a Peter. I think I would ride hard for God. I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're, I'm all in. But then I'd also catch myself trying to cut somebody's head off or something. You know, I, I know I would be that guy because I'm human, and I, I still let my flesh rise up. But how different would you be if you knew God was right here, right now in this modern world? So if you guys would stand with me, we're just gonna, I'm just going to pray us out. Um, if you feel the need to come down here and uh, we'll pray for you within, you know, following the guidelines as uh, possible. But just just allow God to be in you. Allow God to work through you and allow and allow yourself to understand that God is always with you. He's never going to leave you. So as I pray, I just I just encourage you to accept God if you have it into your heart and allow him to to make that transition to to walk and live life as if he is right there with you in the flesh each and every day because if you look around you'll see him i see him in the face of my mother i see him in the face of my baby i see him in the face of of you guys when i'm i'm feeling down and out and i come up here and i still i put on my face and i'll i'll try my hardest to pick up what i have left and just and to bring the word so he's always with you so father I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for always being with me. I thank you, Lord, for always being with us. I thank you, Lord, for always guiding us, Lord, and leading us and and just mentoring us, Father. I I thank you, Lord, for being in us. I thank you, Lord, for your your divine grace, Lord, your mercy, your love, your abundance. Lord, I just thank you for so much, Lord, for your worthy. I pray, Father God, Lord, that each and every person here, Lord, is just they just feel, Lord, your conviction, Lord. They feel your Holy Spirit, Lord, convicting them of their wrong in their lives, Father, and that they just come to be in a relationship with you, and they allow you to live within them. I pray, Father, as we go forth, that we just live our life each step at a time as if you are right there in the flesh next to us, Lord, because you are. 
And I pray, Father, Lord, if, if, we, if we don't feel you close, Lord, that we just look for you. You open our eyes, Lord. You open our spiritual eyes, Father, to look for your signs of your wonders, Lord, each and every, each and every day around us, Lord. We see, it, we see it happening and unfolding, Lord, as our, as our future progresses as a great nation, Lord, and as a church body. And your return, Father, we, we look forward to your return, Lord, and we see it unfolding, Lord, with us. And we know that you'll be here with us, Lord, to get us and that we just find ourselves deeper in you and in your word. I pray, Father, Lord, that if anybody doesn't know you this day, Lord, that you just you just touch them, Lord, and she just blessed them. And they ask you to come inside of your life, their life. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Father, Lord, just to share your word, just to share my testimony, Father, Lord, some things I've been through. And I pray, Father, Lord, that if they, if, if nobody's heard anything else this day, Father, Lord, that they just know that you're always there, that you're ever present. You're never too far away. You're always within arm's reach. I love you, Father. I thank you for this day. I pray, Lord, she was bless us and protect us and that you continue to, to go with us and guide us. I give you all the glory and honor and praise for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.